Hey, this is Pastor Arm, and I want to thank you for joining me today for the Activation Church podcast. We are here so that people can activate their life in Christ, and I believe this message is going to help you go further than ever before. Check it out. Today, we're going to be closing out our fight series with a topic called Fight to the Finish. Turn to the person next to you and say, Fight to the Finish. Don't stop in the middle. So I want to start off by reading Ephesians, the sixth chapter. I'm going to start in verse 10, and we'll just see where we go with this today. Fair enough? Are y'all talkative today? Yeah, listen, I'll go ahead and tell you, the 930 crowd is the alive crowd here at the church. So I need y'all to keep it up. Y'all are beating out the 11 o'clock when it comes to energy. And so y'all keep it up, keep it up. If y'all keep it up, I'll keep on showing up. If not, I'll just, I'll sleep in and come to the 11 o'clock. Ephesians 6 chapter verse 10 says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand. Somebody say stand. God has designed you to stand your ground. He says put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Last week we talked about the fact that the enemy has a plan specifically for you. He wants to take your life out. He wants to take your family out. He wants to destroy everything about you because ultimately he doesn't want you walking in your purpose. The Bible goes on to say, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. I want Cameron to come out here for a moment. Everybody put your hands together for Cameron. Just stand over here, Cameron. Most of you see him play guitar on Sunday morning, but you you also need to know that he's my crash test dummy. Uh, Because anytime you see the pool noodle come out at Activation Church, you got to know I'm going to whack somebody with it. When I was, uh, I have a bunch of nieces, and when they were little, We'd get in the swimming pool, and we would play, like, live-action whack-a-mole. And so as soon as they pop up, boy, I bust them up. And so my, my goal, my goal today is to bust Cameron up. But you got to know Cameron's a fighter. Cameron is a fighter. He grew up boxing, and so he's got a little stuff up his sleeve. And so, Cameron, I just want you to get, get you know, if, if I was going to attack you with this pool doodle, which I'm going to, I just want to see how you would respond. All right, you ready? You see that? What's he doing? He's putting himself on guard. He knows the attack is coming, and so he's ready for it. You need to understand, and I hope you've learned through this series, that the attack is coming. Turn the person next to you and say, the attack is coming. Some of you in here, the attack has already arrived. And you've got to be ready. You've got to know how to be on Guard. You've got to know how to defend yourself. You've got to know how to block the blow because if you drop your guard, what's going to happen is you're going to get smacked in the face. And what I want you to understand is not only do you have to learn how to block the blow, but you've got to have enough grit to get back up when you get smacked in the face. Because the devil, he's not going to fight fair. He's going to come at you. He's going to look for your weakness. He's going to look for that place where maybe you had your guard up 
but over time, he keeps on throwing things at you, trying to deceive you, trying to traumatize you, all of this stuff, and you get a little bit tired, you get a little bit weary, you get a little bit worn down, and over time, you start to drop that guard, and as soon as that guard drops, boom, he's going to bust you when it, where it counts. And when he hits you where it counts, you've got to learn how to stand your ground. You, you've got to have enough inner fortitude to say, I'm going to get back up. I, I'm not going to stop right here. Yes, it hurt. Yes, it was painful, but I'm going to keep on moving forward. Somebody say, keep on moving forward. So, so how do I defend myself? How do I block the blow? But more importantly, how do I get back up? Thank you, Cameron. See, life is about endurance. Somebody say endurance. endurance. And I've been trying to teach my kids this because life isn't easy. And if you don't know how to endure, you're going to get worn out real quick. But if you can ever learn that greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world, when he swings, if he connects, I'm going to keep on getting back up and I'm going to fight back. There's an incredible story of David in 1 Samuel, the 30th chapter, that you can read on your own time. But essentially, he and his men, his army, they go out. And while they're gone, not defending their own city, the enemy comes in. The enemy burns the city and takes their wives, their children, and all the spoil away. So when the men get back from war, they come to find their city burned and their families are gone. And the Bible says they were in great distress. The Bible says that they cried so bitterly until they had no more strength and then their focus and their anger fell on David, who was their captain and their leader. And they decided instead of going after the enemy that came for them, they're going to turn against David, and they decided they're going to kill David. So now David is in distress. Now David is worn down. But the Bible says something so amazing. Because David, instead of digging into his despair, he began to dig himself into God And he began to, the Bible said, encourage himself in the Lord. He began to strengthen himself in the Lord. There are times that you're going to be all by yourself, and you've got to learn how to encourage yourself in the Lord. There are going to be times that Randy's not on the stage with a guitar going, hey, come on, let's worship God. You're going to have to find that within you to say, although all hell is breaking loose in my life, I've still got a praise inside of me because greater is he who is within me than he that is within the world. I've got to learn how to pick myself up. David began to strengthen himself. David began to say, it doesn't end this way for me. It doesn't end right here for me. Some of you, you've been through some battles in your life and you've seen some victories but then you get a setback you get a punch and, and you got to know that it doesn't end here for you there's always an opportunity to get back up and keep moving forward but it's going to take some grit it's going to take some courage to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the enemy who's trying to destroy your life the good news is you're not in the fight alone you need to understand that you're not in this fight alone one god is with you that's huge. If God is with you, you are the majority in any crowd. Did you know that? There's a story where the prophet and his servant are surrounded by an army. And the servant's freaking out like, what are we going to do? They are coming, they're coming to kill us. 
They are coming to remove our head. And the prophet says to his servant, hey, don't, don't worry about this. There's more with us than are with them. And the servant starts counting. The prophet must have been in remedial math. But the prophet says, oh, God, open his eyes. And his eyes are open, and he sees the armies of heaven that are surrounding them. You ought to understand, he couldn't see it in the natural, but the armies of heaven were always there. They didn't just show up. They were always there. The armies of heaven are always there to help you, to assist you. God himself is here to help you and to assist you. He has given you his Holy Spirit to help you and to assist you so that when you get down, you can find strength in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Learn how to strengthen yourself. So the first thing you need to know is you're not alone. Not only is God with you, not only is the armies of heaven surrounding you, but God has placed you in a place like Activation Church with other believers to where the Bible says iron sharpens iron. This is so valuable when we can come to one another and and share our burdens with one another and have somebody connect with us in prayer and help pray us through and help encourage us. Someone to say, hey, Jessica, don't give up. Keep on moving. Because I know there are times you want to give up. You know how I know that? Because there are times I want to give up. And I've got to say, no, I'm moving forward. The next thing you need to know is God has equipped you. Someone say, God has equipped me. He's equipped you with everything that you need to not just stand, but to move forward in victory. That's what I want to start looking at this morning is the things he has equipped us with And I'm going to run through some of them fairly quickly, and then I'm going to land on one that I just really want to take some time with because it's something that dropped in my heart this week that really encouraged me. And and today, I'm hoping it will encourage you because I know, I know, although some of you in here, you look pretty and you look fancy, and some of you, you even have a smile on your face right now, but on the inside, you're saying it's time for me to give up. It's time for me to walk away. The battle is too much. I've fought too long and I have no more fight in me. Some of you are there today. I've been there in my life. Three years ago, there was a time where so many things were bombarding me all at once. Things from the outside, things from the inside. I got in bed. And as I was laying there in bed, I was like, I, I don't ever want to get out of this bed. Have you ever been there? Too much pressure. Too much spiritual pressure coming against me as a pastor because God knew that we, we were going to stand in this day where we are today. The enemy knew that as well. And so the enemy wanted to stop me from getting to this day. See, the enemy's trying to stop you from getting to your tomorrow, to your next thing and I was laying there in bed I was just done I wanted to throw my hands up wanted to quit wanted to walk away and as I'm laying there I hear the voice of my dad I'm not talking about God I'm talking about my actual dad I hear him saying son when all you want to do is lay down and give up you've got to get back up and from that moment I got back up and I started fighting And for the past three years, I have continued to fight. And at the turn of 2024, I have stepped into victory. It's been a three-year battle. You understand what I'm saying? It's been a three-year battle. 
but I'm on the other side of that fight now. Now there's probably another fight coming. The, the point is there's always another side of the fight. There's always the moment where it turns around. There's always a moment where the enemy realizes you are going to resist him and you are going to fight back. He's not going to corner you. You're going to fight back. And that's what I want for you, man. I want for you to learn how to fight for your family, fight for your life, fight for your freedom, fight for your purpose, fight for your destiny. But you've got to learn how to see it. You've got to learn how to see it. You've got to learn how to want it. You've got to learn how to hold on to that dream. We talked about the dream. You've got to learn how to hold on to that dream even when it doesn't look anything like your reality. So the Bible says in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, verse 10, we read this a moment ago, finally be strong in the Lord, strengthen yourself in the Lord, and in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God. So it must say, put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand. So he's saying, do this so that you can do that. Do this so that you can do that. If you want to be able to stand, then you've got to put on the armor. You've got to learn how to block the blow. Because the punch is coming. I learned years ago, my, my brother, I've got a brother that's six years older than me, and he loved to, to fight. And he loved for me to be his punching bag. And so he was like, hey, Aram, I want a box. And I was like, hey, man, I don't want a box. He's bigger than me. He's like, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll let you wear the boxing gloves. Because we only have one pair of boxing gloves. And I thought, that's cool. Rocky wore boxing gloves. So not only was he bigger than me, he was smarter than me. <laughs> you know, and as a little kid, I'm thinking, oh, I get the gloves. Not realizing I'm about to get bare knuckle boxed in the face. And what I learned was there were times where he would start welling on me, and I would go ding, 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 and want to go to the corner. And he didn't care about the bell. He kept on fighting. So I learned if I didn't want to get pulverized, I at least had to learn how to block a little bit. So he says, if you're going to stand, you got to put on the whole armor of God. you got to learn how to block the blow. So God has equipped you. Somebody say, God has equipped me. So let's look at some of this equipment. Ephesians 6, chapter, verse 14. Now he drops down. He's going to start going through this. He says, stand therefore. There's a theme here. Stand. Don't crumble up. Don't ball up. Don't sit down. Don't lay back. Don't get relaxed. Stand. He says, stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, somebody say all circumstances. Take up the shield of faith. So there's never a moment in life that you can lay down that shield. Doesn't matter what you're going through or how simple it may seem, you need faith. Somebody say, you need faith. There was a prophet by the name of Limp Biscuit. Back in the 90s said, you've got to have faith, faith, faith. Beaver. You know, he, he, he stole that from the other prophet, George Michael. I'm here all day, folks. If y'all want to stick around for the 11 o'clock, it's just going to get better and better. <laughs> it says, take up the shield of faith with which 
you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So your faith is going to give you the ability to extinguish everything that the enemy's throwing your way. It says, and take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying at all times. Many of us stop right there after it says, the, you know, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, but there's not a period after that, which means this part of prayer is a part of the armor, a very important part of that armor. It says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert, be ready, be on guard with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. So first let's start the belt of truth. The belt surrounds you. The belt wraps around you. The belt is fastened securely to you. What is that belt? Truth. Why is truth so important? Because one of the attacks of the enemy, one of the blows he will throw is deception. He will constantly try to deceive you. He'll constantly lie. He, the Bible says he's the father of lies. If he opens up his mouth, it is a lie. And the only way to protect yourself against deception is to know the what? Truth. Yesterday, we had basketball games, and uh, our teams got demolished. And it was such a bad beating that I got hungry. (laughs) Because I eat my emotions. I know you can't tell it by looking at me. But food comforts me. I needed so much comfort that I swung, swung by Dairy Queen at some point, got some ice cream. But we went, to, we went to Jimmy John's, and I ordered an Italian sub because the Italian sub's my favorite. It's got all the meats and cheeses, and I have them loaded down. Lettuce, tomato, onion, peppers. I love it all. Spicy mustard, which they got rid of at Jimmy John's. I don't know if you knew this, but they did. They got rid of spicy mustard because Subway bought them out. Yes, yeah, true. Subway bought out Jimmy John's. Hey. I'm telling you, it, did, it broke my heart, too, because spicy mustard is my favorite. My favorite thing of the sandwich is spicy mustard next to mayonnaise. Anybody love some mayonnaise? You, you cannot eat a sandwich without mayonnaise because that thing will dry out on you and crust up, and you will choke. <laughs> so I told him, put extra mayonnaise on that sandwich. And I sat there, and I ate it, and I felt so much better. Now, by a show of hands, and I want you to participate, by a show of hands, how many of you believe that story? A few of you? The rest of you think I'm a liar? How many of you do not believe that story by a show of hands? Mickey, why is that story not true? Because you hate mayonnaise. I hate mayonnaise. That's a fact. But see, if you did not know that I hated mayonnaise, then you would be open to the deception. See, when the enemy deceives you, he doesn't throw something like so, like, hey, the sky's purple today. No, no, it's not. He throws something at you that looks like it could be true, like your life is over in this moment. Well, the circumstances around me look like it could be over. This relationship is going to fall apart, and the circumstances around me look like it is going to fall apart. This sickness is the one that's going to take you out, and it looks, are you following what I'm saying? But if I know the truth, 
that comes from the word of God, when he throws that punch, it does not affect me. Because I go, he doesn't like mayonnaise. (laughs) So somebody say, I got to know the truth. The second thing is, he says, the breastplate of righteousness. This is protecting the vital organs, righteousness. That is God's way of doing things. You understand that God's plan for your life is the best plan for your life? There is nothing good for you outside of the will of God for your life. The enemy will try to deceive us and think there's something better on the other side, right? And so what happens is once he deceives us into thinking there's something better, we go after it. So he doesn't actually have to destroy us. All he has to do is deceive us. And if we get deceived, we'll go after it and we'll allow it to come into our life. But if I'm protected by doing things God's way according to God's word, then my vitals are protected. The Bible talks about guarding your heart. Why? Because the issues of life spring from that place. You've got to be very careful what you allow to settle into your heart, what you allow to settle into your mind, because if it settles there, you're going to go after it. So he'll deceive you and he'll try to plant things in your heart and cause you to desire things that you should not desire, knowing that it is going to bring destruction to you. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man or to a woman But the end of that thing is what? Does anybody know what it says? Death or destruction. Seems right. Means he gets me to look at it. Well, that seems right. Seems like a fair way to do relationships. (coughs) Seems like a fair way to do this. Seems like a fair way to get ahead in my career. Not knowing he is setting you up and you allow that thing in and once you take hold of it, it will eventually lead to death or destruction. It may not happen all at once. But over time, how many of you know things happen one step at a time? Then he says you need to have on the shoes of peace. As children of God, we need to walk in peace and not confusion. Peace and not worry. Peace and not anxiety. Because an anxious mind will always take you in the wrong direction. So I'm going to say I have to have peace. If you want more on the subject of peace, go back and listen to our December series where we talked about peace in detail. But peace is powerful. And peace is something that you can never let go of. Then he says, you've got to take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Listen, you cannot be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might unless you have the Word of God. It is the only thing you have to fight back with. When, when the enemy came after Jesus to tempt him, Jesus responded with the Word. He responds with Scripture. That's how we have to respond because God's word carries power. God's word prospers wherever it is sent. And the Bible teaches that death and life is in the power of our tongue. I can actually speak the word of God and bring life to things. I can actually speak the word of God and bring death to things that need to die in my life. I can start speaking like I am fearfully and wonderfully made. So when the enemy tries to deceive me and feel like I'm worthless, I'm useless, no, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Before he formed me in my mother's womb, he knew me. I've got a purpose and a destiny that goes beyond this moment, so I've got to keep on moving. I've got to keep on moving. I've got to keep on fighting. I can't give up here because he's got a purpose for me over here. But if I don't know the truth of his word and I don't have his word, then I'm open to all kinds of deception. And I have nothing to fight back with. Then he says prayer. Somebody say prayer. The Bible teaches us in the book of James, it says that the prayer of a righteous person, which that means if you are in Christ, you are righteous. You understand that? 
He's made you right. So it's talking about you. Somebody says, it's talking about me. The Bible says that the prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. So there's two things that I cling to in that passage. One, my prayer has power. But the second thing that has always stuck out to me is where it says, as it is working. Which means when I pray the prayer of faith according to the word of God, as soon as that prayer leaves my lips, it starts working on my behalf, even though I may not see it. It slips off into an unseen realm, and it starts working on my behalf until the time comes when it is time for that thing to spring up and to happen. There are things that you are praying for today that when you release that prayer, it starts working on your behalf, and you may not see the result until six, seven months later. But because you prayed that prayer, and because that prayer has power, the result is coming. You need to know that. Too many people get beat up and allow the enemy just to take advantage of them because they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to fight. They don't know how to say, in the name of Jesus, peace is coming into my house. In the name of Jesus, peace is coming into my body. Wholeness is coming into my body. My mind is whole. My mind is at rest. Father, I thank you for going with me today. I thank you for being with me today. I thank you for surrounding my family today. Father, I thank you that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, Father, I thank you for condemning it. So you've got to learn how to pray those prayers. Too many people just roll over. They get hit. They roll over. Fight back. Fight back. Nothing good is going to come and just fall in your lap. It's going to come because you got the stuff inside of you. You got the fight inside of you, and you're going to fight back. You're going to speak to those problems and those battles with the Word of God in prayer. You're going to learn how to worship in prayer. When, when we do the, the praise and worship moment, we're not, Randy said earlier, we're not trying to do like Christian karaoke. We're not trying to show you how good we are. We're trying to create an atmosphere where God moves because God inhabits the praises of his people. Not just in a corporate setting, but when you are all by yourself and you feel worn out and worn down and beat up, you can start releasing a praise that will shift and change the atmosphere. This stuff has dynamite power. The Bible says divine power. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not of the flesh, but they have divine power to pull down strongholds. You know why it has divine power? Because once you involve God and God gets involved, he makes it happen. He says, step aside, this battle's mine now. See, that's what you don't understand. The Lord wants to fight your battles for you, but he will never step in and fight for what you will not ask for. You have not because you asked not. That's what the Bible says. Am I still preaching scripture? You have not because you Ask not. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I ask and think. If I'm not asking, then I can't be expecting. And expectation brings us to our final thing where it says the shield of faith. 
faith, believing that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above what I ask or think. Faith, believing that there is something greater beyond the moment that I am in. You, you can't be so nearsighted that you don't see beyond your current struggle. David says, I would have lost heart. In other words, he's saying, I would have given up. I would have thrown my hands in the air. I would have walked away. Because David had it rough, y'all. Read his story. He had, he had it rough. And he says, what I know about me and my own strength is I would have given up. I would have lost heart. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I will see. I have faith that I will see something better than my current experience. Faith is powerful because faith extinguishes the darts when the darts come. Faith is what gives you the ability to stand when all you feel like doing is crumbling. Some of you in here today are going through some, some immense pressure and the enemy has you backed into a corner and the problem is you're about to throw in the towel in a fight that Jesus has already given you victory over. You're not waiting on victory. You've already, you already have victory because of the blood of Jesus. Now we've got to learn how to stand on that blood and overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. What we're saying really does matter. Until I fully realize the victory I've already received. All through Scripture, you'll see God say, I have given you this land, meaning it already belongs to you, but you're going to have to go in and take possession of it. See, everything that God has prepared for you has already been prepared. Why is not seen? What ear is not heard? What's not even entered into the hearts of man? The things that God has prepared, ED means past tense. He's already prepared it for you. You just haven't seen it yet. So he's just waiting for you to step into what he's already prepared for you. But you gotta have like, you gotta have faith to get into that. And the enemy again, what he does is he fights in a way to try to distract us, to keep us off of moving in that direction. But I'm not gonna give up because I believe. I'm gonna see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not gonna wait to heaven to get some goodness. Goodness and mercy is gonna follow me right here, right now, all the days of my life. Amen. I want to show you this because this is what came to me this week. Second Corinthians, the fourth chapter, verse 8. The Bible says we are afflicted in every way. Okay? Life's not easy. Jesus said, in this world you will have troubles, but take heart. I've already overcome the world. He's saying we are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted but not forsaken. That means we're not left alone. Struck down, but not destroyed. Somebody say, but not. But not. It's funny how two words can make such a huge difference. Because if you remove those two words, it reads like this. We are afflicted in every way, crushed, perplexed, driven to despair, persecuted, forsaken, struck down, destroyed. And that's what life looks like without faith. But when I have faith, I have a but not. 
I'm beat up, but I'm not knocked out. I'm knocked down, but I'm not dead. Are you, are you following this? I've got a but not because of God. Amen. There's always a but not in between it. Yeah. Struck down, but not destroyed. When I got that, I was like, man, there's always something on the other side. There's a but not because of God. There's always a but not. What are you, whatever you're fighting, there's a but not there. Getting punched in the nose. But not. I'm going through this, but not. But not. That's how faith looks at it. Faith looks at the fight and always says there's a but not coming. There's a but not coming. And sometimes it takes that perseverance of pushing through to fully see the but not that was always there. Because I'm not forsaken. I'm not alone. God is with me. What do I want? I want you to start getting a but not. Whenever you get bad news, throw a but not in there. I'm sick, but I'm not done. I'm addicted, but I'm not stuck here. There's always a but not. There's always another side of the battle. And that's what I'm looking to. And that endurance comes by keeping your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. You can't fight this fight alone. You will get worn out. You will get beat down. You will get destroyed. The only hope of a but not is God. The only hope of a but not is Jesus stepping in and fighting for you in ways that you cannot fight for yourself. You, you have to get into the word of God. You've got to know that truth. Allow it to get deeply planted in your heart and your life so that when the enemy comes, you've got something to release. Get a but not. This morning you came in you are like, I feel like throwing in the towel, but not today. I feel like giving up, but not today. I love that old movie. With the, I can't remember who's in it, but it's, he says, today's not a good day to die. Today's not a good day for you to die. Today's not a good day for you to give up. Today's not a good day for you to walk away. Today is a good day for you to find your but not in God.